You are listening to a Banzai Retro Club podcast. Language and topics may not always be appropriate for younger listeners. Press 1 for a groovy topic from the 1970s. Press 2 for an awesome topic from the 1980s. Or press 3 for a slamming topic from the 1990s. Please choose now. Too late. We have made your selection for you. Let's start the show. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bonsai Retro Club. I am Scott, and I have Suzanne back with me on this topic. Hello, Suzanne. Hi there. Fun, fun, fun. (laughs) And the topic is more freaks and geeks. We are up to episode 15, so we are getting down to the nitty-gritty on these last few episodes. Uh, This one is called Noshing and Moshing. And this one has kind of a creepy side to it, if you ask me. Mm. Suzanne, do you know what what I'm talking about? Um, I think so. It is a little darker. There is a little more like conflict, but you know, like it's if if it's what I'm I'm thinking of, it's parental conflict. It's like having to deal with your parents' mistakes. Oh, um, yeah, wow, I wasn't even going down that road, but yes, yeah, I know what you're well, talking about. Well, so it, it depends because then Daniel kind of has like a little bit of a darker side story going on in this one too, right? Yeah, I like what they do with Daniel's character in this one. I think it's fun that they it is interesting. Kinda, they kind of you know expanded on his character again Um, because I think they kind of neglected him for a few episodes like they really didn't do they didn't really touch too much on Daniel's character in uh, in the previous few episodes I guess that's true it was more about Lindsay uh, Lindsay and Kim's relationship and then Bill two episodes right in a row were really focused on Bill and his uh, family life so um, noshing and moshing Daniel he decides, so he goes into a liquor store, and him and Kim, he and Kim have been broken up. He goes into a liquor store to buy something, chips or whatever, and there's this girl behind the counter, and she's got these full-on radical liberty spikes, punk, dark, you know, the white pale face with the dark lipstick, and just very, uh, just totally New York punked out, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you call it like the New York punk scene? Yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I get, I mean, this was going on in, uh, uh, throughout the country, I guess. But so it's nice that they took at least one episode mm-hmm. to look at that scene, like that more severe, uh, punk music of the late seventies when this, which really kind of turned into what music was going to be more like in the, um, you know, once the seventies wrapped up. So. I think it's cool that they did that. Yeah. Um, did you ever like any of the punk punk movement? I ca- we kind of considered that hardcore. I'm doing the air quotes. That was you know hardcore music, <laughs> and that was um a, it was a little rough around the edges for me. I liked more the um uh, you know the synthesizer music and stuff that came a little yeah. bit later. But we kind of had a certain amount of like respect for that music Mm -hmm. because it ushered in all the new wave stuff that came so like i like the ramones and there were a few like killing joke songs that i like um 
but it's not the kind of thing that I could, you know, really listen to on a, a long-term basis. Cause you know, you can't dance to it. Um, it's kind of more like the mosh pit type of thing where the slam dancers would like throw themselves against each other and stuff. And like you, what you had respect for that scene, but that I couldn't really live that scene. You know, I was a little bit uh, like a generation kind of away from that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember when, when, by the time I got into high what school, you you know, I, oh, hold on. Sorry. I muted. Yeah, the, I, 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 I forgot oh. to turn the mute off. Um, by the time I got into the high school scene, uh, you know, I got into high school at 82. So I was just a couple mm-hmm. years into it. And the punk movement had really advanced at, by that, by that time. And, yeah, see. and it was, uh, it was weird how there was, and we, we've talked about this in the past, uh, on other episodes about how the punk, we, we kind of talked about it on our new wave episodes or one of the new wave conversations we had about mm-hmm. punk. And, you know, that there was this weird rift between punk and ever and other genres of music. Um, and some of that was like the heavy metal scene, which I'm kind of, I always, I never understood that. Like they're, they have this hard, fast driving beats and, you know, it just, everything seems so heavy and, 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 and loud and intense. And, you know, uh, so I always wonder, wondered why they didn't get along the punks and the, and the mesh and the metal heads. Um, I don't know. It was like a different species of, you know, human evolving kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, Daniel has this thing for this punk girl and he wants to get to know her better. And he, one of the, one of the best lines early in the show is, um, he, he's talking to her at the, at this little, you know, liquor store or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'm a punker. And she's like, yeah, that's kind of funny. Most people who are punkers don't say they're punkers. <laughs> He's like, I guess that's true. You just live it. Yeah, you, don't you don't announce it. You don't it. call yourself a punker. It's obvious <laughs> by how you portray yourself. You don't call yourself one. So he wants to, he he's got a he's got some kind of a crush on this girl, right? And so he's mm-hmm. gonna he's going to. Uh, try to learn more about punk and he's this this is where he's like angry like in life anyway because he's got you know uh-huh. the crappy crappy home life or whatever um like we've kind of touched you know very briefly on in the past uh episodes but um so he goes and he buys a an album and i cannot remember what album he's supposedly listening to mm, what is it is it a clash album it might be the clash it might be the clash um, but he puts the headphones yeah, on. Yeah, I love the clash. He puts the headphones on and he just, he just like gets into it sitting on his floor in his bedroom, which wasn't that the, the best time? Yeah. Like absolutely. Getting, getting a new album and either putting, you know, I remember the big bulky headphones, which are back, you know, they kind of, they kind of went away for a while and everything was earbuds, but now the big mm-hmm. ones that cover your whole ear. Yeah. Those big round hefty yeah. things with the padding. Right, and uh, I remember how popular that was back then, and that's what we would do. You'd get a new album, and you'd sit down, and you'd listen to the whole thing, and you'd you'd look at the lyrics and the album cover, and then eventually, right, the, the, right. eventually the cassette cassette, you know, fold out little lyrics and follow along with it. And uh, I've said this many times in in several music episodes that we try to, you know, where we're doing like the mixtape episodes where 
uh, you know, they we've lost that in music. Yeah, it's, it's not the same experience it anymore. Is, it is it is totally not the same because and and YouTube kind of takes some of that away because you can go on YouTube and look up the songs that have the lyrics. You know, and it's not mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a music video. It's just a the, the song, and then you have the lyrics going across the screen or whatever popping up on the screen. And it just really takes away that that. Uh, yeah, it's, like it's, the, it's like the, not the same. It's, yeah. it's not curated by the artist. You know, it's not right. the album the way they wanted you to see it. Right. It's stuff out there is just curated by anybody, you know, and using still frames and that that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's it's just it's different. We, it was it was more like immersive, like that's all you had, and everybody who had that album had the same exact experience, you know. Right. Right. It was just so authentic. There was some just certain True. depth you of like authenticity it. to it. <laughs> yeah, like you really you really paid attention to the lyrics as you're hearing it for the first time. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember one specific album that that I did that where I just really paid attention. That was called. Um, it's called New Regal by, uh, I'm sorry, not that, that's not the name of the song, the album. It's Queensryche. Um, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of the album now. I'm drawing a blank. But this is 1986. I don't know them, so, yeah. yeah, it's a hair metal band. I know you can't stand those guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, which, not really my thing. which, if you've ever seen, there's a movie out there, uh, The Fall of Western Civilization Part Two. It's all about the metal era, and and I was watching that. I'm going, wow, it really was kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes in hindsight, you know, some some things we just need to leave in I mean, our memories. I know I'll never be able to give up that style of music, listening to it and jamming out to it. But I'm going, I'm watching this, going, man, that was really just weird. Uh, some of some of the stuff that they were doing then. Anyway, uh. Hmm. Daniel. Daniel, yes. Um, punk. He's a punker. Yeah. Like guys, his hair like silver or something. Yeah, he goes silver. He gets he gets his leather jacket out or something, or buys a leather jacket and beats it with bike chains and and he puts like a bunch of safety pins in it and and he's mm. like beating it and trying to make it look more worn, you know, so it's like not so crisp and new. And um, he goes to a concert. Or a bar that has a punk, a punk band playing. I'll jump back to the the other side of the story, the the Sam side of the story, or not Sam, uh, Neil side of the story. After we, mm-hmm. I'm gonna wrap okay. up Daniel all together. I think. Okay. Um. So he's he's he gets his hair all up in the silver, and he does the Liberty spikes too, right? Yeah, it spikes coming from every direction. Yep. <laughs> And they show him getting prepped for the show or, you know, to go to the bar thing or concert, you know, a little, little club. And, you know, he's using egg whites and all kinds of stuff to get his hair to stay stiff and, and upright. And he, and he even does the, uh, he even does a little, a little mirror scene too, I think. Not quite, not quite the way Sam did with his, um, Parisian night suit. But once Daniel got all, you know, fixed up, he's like, he's looking in the mirror going, yeah. He's like talking himself up. So he goes to this club 
and he's looking for this girl that that she's the she's the one that told him about this you know this gig and the name of the band is pus or something like that. <laughs> he goes yeah i love pus <laughs> <laughs> Sure, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> the name anyway. of the album that he was originally listening to, I think it's a Black Flag album, from what I'm seeing. So. Oh, really? <laughs> Not the Clash, yeah. Okay. Black that was Flag, a scene from. Good, yeah. Um, that was a scene from um, Stranger Things. I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Where he puts on the Clash album. Right, which is still it's all part of that era, which is great. Um, so he sees her at the club, and he goes and he starts. You know, he wants to go talk to her, and he starts doing the you know he's dancing with the crowd and they're getting all crazy with the mosh pit and um i remember those days (laughs) at one point he gets like he gets pushed into the mob and he falls on the ground and somebody kicks him in the head by mistake and and he's like bleeding he goes into the bathroom and and uh, and some dude that some other dude that was in the bathroom is like i can't believe all the posers out there that are out there (laughs) he goes hey i'm not a poser you know, like he's already being defensive, like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, still trying to pull off the punk thing, but by saying he's a punker, but, you know, punkers don't call themselves that or whatever. Anyway, so he's he's bandaging himself up and he goes back out and he comes and he sees uh, the girl again. And she's like with this group of people where some girl is some other girl is giving uh safety pin um piercings oh god on the nose ouch right mm, okay so he's like yeah i'll do it and he you know so daniel steps up and he's like and he's getting there ready and she uh <laughs> the girl that's doing it you know she starts to go and starts to push it through his nose and he flinches and backs away and like like catches and he freaks out and runs away. And yeah, so now he's bleeding from various places. Right. His and... head, his nose. He's, you know, he's not doing good with his yeah, whole I was like been through a lawnmower or something. Between yeah. that and the hair. So he ends up going back he leaves the bar or whatever. And Ken he took Ken and was it Nick that went with him too, I think? Ken and Nick went to, to went to this place with him and Ken was having a good old time he loved it loved the scene you know and uh but anyway he didn't get kicked in the head right so daniel ends up leaving and they kind of wrap up the episode with him like going to kim's house and like crying almost crying at the front door and they make up suddenly at the front door do you remember that oh I don't know that I did remember that. Yeah, part. he went. He did. He, he did the whole. He did the whole sad puppy thing. You know, here he is. Uh, he he he's on. He's at the at her door. He strayed and he was wounded. Yes, and he had the and he still had the spikes. Uh, he's he just came straight from the bar. He's mm-hmm. like totally deflated by what what he just experienced apparently. And of course, she takes him back right away and. Uh, and then that's kind of that's kind of this whole story on that side of the freak side of things. Um, let's jump over to the geek side of things. Okay. So this is the part that creeps me out. Morty. 
Um, is it ringing is, a bell? Is that Neil's brother? Nope. No, this this is where Neil says, I finally found a way to get the chicks. <gasps> oh, the <laughs> ventriloquist dummy. Yes. Yeah, that Marty. was weird. <laughs> this one, like, after we watched, Chrissy and I watched this one, she, we both, like, were like, wow, that was really creepy. That's just kind of weird, the whole ventrilo- ventriloquism thing. I mean, yes, there are some funny people that can do amazing things with ventriloquism, but it's always been weird to me. And then Bill, Bill and Sam are like, what if it's like magic? You know, that movie that came out in the late 70s about, about the ventriloquist doll or the dummy that came, you know, kind of came to life and possessed the, uh, the ventriloquist. And I think, see, I think the moment you start talking about ventriloquism, it brings to mind split personalities, psycho, psychotic break, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's just associated with this, this psychosis. It's, it's creepy. It is. I don't know if I can talk through a doll. You know, that's like uh, it's just really weird. So what, that's that that kind of always creeped me out. So Sam or Neil is really like he takes this to the next level. Like he's not just he doesn't just show Bill and Sam. He actually brings it to school, and he's sitting at a table at the lunch in the cafeteria talking with Morty. <laughs> like like Morty and like sad. he's and he's talking to other people and Morty is right there on his lap and and he starts like laying into uh Mr. Kaczewski. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like giving Kaczewski a hard time, but it's not it's not Neil that's giving him a hard time. It's Morty. So Neil's right, like, so Morty come is on, like, lay off like Morty. standing yeah. up for him in ways that Neil can't do on his own. Yes. Which, once again, is just creepy. Is just something psychotic going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is a couple episodes. So we'll get into this in a second. Or this is a couple episodes following the garage door episode. Where, mm-hmm. where Neil had recently found out that his dad was cheating on his mom, but they were still together. Right. Um, and then, so Neil with this whole Morty and the ventriloquism thing ends up, uh, Neil's dad, uh, the dentist and his mom, they have a party. Yeah. And this is, isn't this where, uh, this is where his brother comes into the scene too. Right, his from, brother comes back, back from college. college, and then Lindsay yeah. and Sam's whole family go to this party because they, you know, obviously know the dent, you know, the dentist dad. Yeah. And Lindsay kind of takes off with the brother, with Neil's brother. Yeah, what was his name? Was it? Was it Barry? Barry, you're right. That's it. I didn't even have to look any further. I just popped right there as soon as you said it. That's good. So Barry and Lindsay kind of hook up in this one. Well, not, not you know, they kiss, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, they kind of take off and have their own conversations. Yeah. And uh, and Barry was like, I remember he went to the high school at one point and was giving Klauczewski a, a hard time, too. And he's like, that's it. You're in detention. He's like, no, I'm not. You're a fat ass or something like that. Like he's fully like, yeah. you know, 
like, I don't even go to the school. He's like, and then Kalachewski's like, you just can't get rid of these people. <laughs> so, um, anyway, they're, they're at this party and, um, Lindsay is kind of going off with Barry and they're talking about college and what's going to go down, you know, what their future holds and all that stuff. They kiss mm-hmm. a little and then you go back to the party scene and Neil's dad, um, is like, you know, he's kind of been encouraging with this whole, uh, ventriloquism thing, I think a little yeah. bit because they, he says, okay, why don't you bring on Marty, bring Marty out here and have, you know, give us a little show. And he didn't, and Neil did not want to do this. Like he didn't want to Who does? do it. He didn't want to do that in front of everybody, <laughs> but it was because he was mad about what his dad was doing to his mom or not doing That's to true. his mom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that comes to a head at the party. Does like yes. Morty blow the Mort- whistle? Yes. Morty. In the, during that performance? Like he, he does, does it through the doll. He doesn't actually like say anything, but he's like really given uh, his dad a hard time. Like he's really, he's saying mm-hmm. some jokes that are oh, crap, not really that appropriate for kids to be talking about their parents in front of a bunch of other parents. Right. Right. The, uh, other adults at this party. And so Neil or Neil's dad finally said, okay, that's it. You're done. You know, and he goes running off into his room. Neil goes running off into his room with Morty and his mom actually comes to console him. And, and Neil tells her dad's cheating on you. He's crying the whole time. It's very touching, hardcore Scene. Yeah, and, and he's been tortured about mm-hmm. whether or not to tell her. Right. Or, you know, since he found out. So. Right. He's finally, right. you know, giving into this and, and, you know, he doesn't know which of them he's to betray. Mm-hmm. So he's, he tells her the truth and, and she's like, she, she knows basically. She knows what's going on and they have an understanding and they're basically staying together for Neil. Which puts a lot of pressure on him, really. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know if, I don't know if she actually. I don't know if she actually said that in those, in in those words, but she basically admits that she did. She did say she knew. Um, I don't remember yeah, if she actually I, said that. I, hey, I, but we're staying together for you or something. No, I like I think she kind of said she knew, but if she just kind of like plays dumb and makes like it's not happening, then. That somehow was making her marriage more livable mm-hmm. rather than facing the facts and breaking up and, and destroying their family. You know, right. I think she kind of went through a little, she had a little, um, you know, she came to kind of her epiphany and then admitted that to everybody. So, you know, then it, poor Neil was like, well, what do I do with that? You know, like, where do we go from here? That's uh, it's a lot to deal with. And that that actress is Amy Aquino. I like her, Mrs. Sh- yeah. Miss Schweiber, his mom. Mm-hmm. I think she really she's. I like her as an actress. I've seen her in quite a few things. Um, yeah, me too. So, anyway, um, so they they kind of have this. You know, Neil gets he has to come to terms with what's going on, and I don't remember where they went from there with that with wrapping that up other than I think they kind of went back to 
Lindsay and Barry, and that's the whole show kind of wrapped up from there. Oh, and Joe, Joe Flaherty and uh, and Jean are both drunk at the party. <laughs> okay, I think I and, remember that. And they were all arguing over who was going to drive home. And it ends up being Lindsay that drives them <laughs> home or something like that. Yeah. 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 But Joe, Joe Flaherty or uh, Harold, the dad, is just like, he's three sheets to the wind at the end of that party. It's too funny. Uh-huh. So he's such yeah, a, and I think again, it's one of those moral of the stories where, okay, they were like he, um, uh, Dr. Schweiber was the professional of all the, you know, the, the kids' friends. They're the professional family, and he has mm-hmm. the nice Corvette, and they have the nice finished basement, and he buys his son all these video games and such. But meanwhile, they're just holding their family together through like scotch tape and duct tape and lies. Right. And you know, the, the meanwhile, the weirs. You know, he's a businessman. He owns a nice uh, hardware store and such, but they don't have such a glamorous home and such. But yet they're at least truthful with each other, you know, and they're Mm -hmm. all devoted to each other, even if they drive each other nuts. So, you know, it's one of their moments, those moments where you're like, you know, I'll take what I have. I don't need to be them. (laughs) I don't need to be anybody else, which I think is a theme throughout the whole uh, series. I agree. And I mean, how can you not be envious of what the Weir family had? Mm -hmm. You know, like sitting down to dinner, like every night and having dinner with your actual family, like you each had your own spot. And, you know, dad sat at one end, mom sat at the other and the kids sat across from each other. It was so... It was such yeah, a, it so was such a like left, all, it, was, it was like all a left, American dream type of thing. You know, yeah. this is all we need. It was like the leftover feelings of what the fifties, sixties were, you know, mm-hmm. um, as far as like the family being a unit and making sure that it was very important that they, that they, uh, had dinner together because that was the time that they could talk and relate and learn, you know, mm-hmm. learn that. <laughs> from Joe Joe Flaherty learn learn that you know you know I knew a girl in high school and she had sex before marriage you know what happened she died <laughs> and after after a while they're like dad does everybody you know die yeah. yeah I know that that was from the pilot episode but but it just it always cracks me up how he he goes that direction sometimes uh but anyway it's just it's a really it's a fun episode it's got a lot of great music in it you want me to go through that or do you want to add anything before we Get into the music. Um. Uh, well, I think we covered a lot there. I kind of liked the way that Lindsay and Barry connected, uh, especially since there was a, there was a little bit of conflict there because um, Neil. Well, well, I guess Neil flirts with everybody, but was somehow convinced that sooner or later he was going to win Lindsay over. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then his brother swoops in, and suddenly, you know, they're out in the dark kissing, and that really kind of threw Neil off. Which was yeah. another reason why he was very hostile that night. Oh, that's but, right. That added yeah. to the whole situation. Yep. Right, right. So that was maybe the one other dynamic that I remember from, from that episode. Poor Neil. Yeah. It was a rough night for him. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's been a rough couple weeks, it seems, like just between yeah. the garage door incident and, and this. So True. Um, so the music, there was a song called Space Funk that must have been done by Paul Feig, who is part of this whole production. Right. 
Uh, and then there was Rise Above by Black Flag. Okay. Uh, what X? Somebody named X. Your phone is off the hook, but you're not. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting type of. Band, the band called X. Uh, next song is You're Nobody Till Somebody Loves You. Dean Martin. You're Nobody Till Some. That's a good classic. Yeah. Um, Lime Green, performed by Diesel Bay. Diesel Boy. There's three Diesel Boy songs. I don't know them. Uh, Lime Green, Happy Street, and Punk Rock. I wonder if that was the band. In the, in yeah, the maybe. Maybe it was the band that was in the bar. I, yeah. I know they they went to some lengths to make it sound. Those songs contrast with the re- the regular kind of headbanger uh, songs that we usually hear in the background. Yeah, no, that was um, this was totally a different feel musically. Mm-hmm. Like they, it, I'm glad that they did it though. I think it's great that they that they I too, like on I a said. completely different genre. Um, right, and acknowledge the fact that this was a trend. Mm-hmm. That was happening and something that they hadn't really um, they didn't really show anybody um, make uh, nobody gave it a nod up until that moment. Right. Right. Well, that's that's good stuff. So um, I think that's about it. Right. On that one. We can yeah. Wrap this up. So that was episode 15, Noshing and Moshing. Uh, fun episode. A little weird with the doll. Not a big fan of dolls. <laughs> I don't know. I think dolls freak me out more than clowns. <laughs> and, I, and I'll tell you, I think it goes back to uh, the Twilight Zone. Yeah, uh, that was a creepy episode. The one with talking the talking Tina, talking yeah. Tina with with um. Oh, what was that guy's name? The actor. He was in. He was uh, Kojak. Oh, Telly Savalas? Telly Savalas, yes. Telly Savalas was the, the main actor in that Twilight Zone episode with Talking Tina. Creepy. Yeah, yeah. good one. Yeah, he like he got it from some he bought it from somebody. I know this is sidetracked, don't, don't mind me. Uh, he mm. bought it he bought it from some dude that pulled it out of the bay in like a crab trap. It was you know, this doll and it was like in fine condition, so he bought it for his daughter. And then talking Tina started doing weird shit. I think that was like the beginning of my uh, my weirdness towards doll toward dolls. That'll do it. Yeah, that will do it. That'll do it. <laughs> Although I never, yeah, no, I never idea. really, I never bought into the Chucky thing. Chucky was not uh, as scary to me as talking Tina. No. Yeah. See, my daughter has a thing with like animatronics, kind of along the same line. She thinks they're very, very creepy. It okay. makes Disney World like kind of a conflicting <laughs> emotion. <laughs> so don't go, don't go on the It's a Small World, right? Yeah, not her favorite, <laughs> I don't think. Actually, that one's pretty mellow as far as the animatronics. The animatronics that you want to at Disney that I remember in Southern California, Disneyland, was uh, the Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> there was a bunch of bears and they were all like animatronics. It was really cool. Yeah. I think it's more like the an- animatronic people that freak her out. Oh, okay. <laughs> like the whole of presidents. Oh, now, that would yeah. Freak anybody out these days, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they had, they had one, um, at Disneyland also that was, uh, Lincoln talking and he was like mm-hmm. sitting in a, sitting in a chair. 
but he he never stood up so it was you know very minimal but the, then again that's back in the 70s so anyway total total tangent um let's wrap this up and, and get out of here so we can uh move along and do mm-hmm. uh our other stuff that we need to do i know you have some writing that you want to get done so um that was noshing and moshing episode 15 come back uh, next time for smooching and mooching episode 16 we're down to the final three episodes uh wow yeah so fast. only three more weeks left of of episodes um so you can find us on at bonsai retro club.com you can find us through facebook and twitter at bonsai retro club yeah, Suzanne is Sue's Mataboni on Twitter. I'm 80s Autoverse on Twitter. Rose is at, sorry, Rose is 80s Music Girl on Twitter. And email is mcfly at bonsairetroclub.com. Please go and leave a review for, on whatever platform you're listening to. If you can, if you have the option to leave a review, please leave a review. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Whatever you want. Give us ideas for topics. We love that kind of thing. And um, that is all. Suzanne, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks again for for chiming in on this awesome series. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. So be excellent to each other and have a good whatever. Take care. Bye. Bonsai Daniel Zay!